What's good, everyone? Welcome to the Philip and Leroy the Judgmental Podcast. I'm Leroy. No Philip on this uh, this pregame show. We'll get with him at halftime. So this week, we got the Philadelphia Eagles versus the New Orleans Saints. Home field for the Eagles at Lincoln Financial. The Eagles are a three-point favorite and over and under is 42. Kenneth Glainwell, running back for the Eagles, is a healthy scratch coaching decision. Alvin Kamara is out with an MCL injury. This is his second straight week. So we have keys to the game. Uh, I say the Eagles probably going to have to run the ball a lot. Uh, I'm thinking about week four, Daniel Jones, quarterback for the Giants, had was NFC player of the week that week. He had... Uh, 402 yards, two touchdowns, and he ran the ball for four times for 27 yards. Uh, Jalen's a better quarterback. Um, see, I think I think Jalen would have maybe. I'm gonna say 250, 250, two touchdowns. He he's going to run the ball more. I say he's going to have uh, maybe 40, 40 yards. Uh, so I think the Eagles are going to run up, run the ball a lot against the uh, uh, Saints. Saints has a lot of injuries, so I don't think I think the Eagles pretty much can stop them defensively. So I'll have the Eagles winning. Let's make it twenty-seven. Let's make it twenty-seven to ten. Twenty-seven to ten, Eagles. All right. Thanks for joining me. We'll talk to you at halftime. All right, we're at halftime. The Eagles is up 27 to 7. Some quick stats. Simeon, 6 for 18, 60 yards, one touchdown, two interception. Rushing, Ingram, seven carries for 38 yards. Receiving, we have uh, Troutman, two receptions, 37 yards. On the Eagles side, we have Jalen Hurts, 9 for 16, 97 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Rushing, we got Howard, 9, 9 carries for 56 yards, and Hurts, 10 carries for 49 yards. Miles Sanders, 8, eight carries for 47 yards, so they're running the football well. Receiving, we have Dallas Gobber, 4 receptions for 48 yards, and Devontae Smith, 3 receptions for 47 yards. Now, Philip, how do you think the game is going so far? Pretty much what we all predicted because this dude, Simeon, is barbecue chicken. And uh, shout out to our boy Dylan that we just had on the show because he sent me a message, well, us a message saying that we can't lose to this guy. And I said the same thing to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, something, something ain't right with the offensive coordinator or the coach for New Orleans because I'm saying to myself, I know they ain't going to let this young quarterback try to run a two-minute drill. And there you have they sure it. Was, they was trying. Yep. 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 Yeah, you got he got picked apart. So I said on I wouldn't, a, I wouldn't, go ahead. I was gonna say I wouldn't call Simeon a young quarterback. He's been around for a little while. Well, yeah, well, his uh first time starting. Uh what's how many starts he this is his second, right? Because he started last week. I don't, he started last week. I don't know. So uh I said I know they're not gonna let him run a two-minute drill. And there you go. He ain't too many drill ready yet. They should have just ran the ball out. They should just ran the ball out. And I also on a on a uh, 
pregame show, I said that the Eagles wasn't going to have a problem running the football, even though the Saints is po- they lead the league in rush defense, right? Yeah, yeah, I said that they wouldn't have wouldn't have a problem running the football, but I want to see I more. I, Go I, ahead. I, I was just going to add to that. I don't think we was going to have trouble running the ball because we got one of the better run blocking lines. They've been in the zone pretty yeah. much lately. So, um, uh, I, I want to see more of a balance, a balance, uh, offense by the Eagles because they get run happy. It'd be one possession. They'll get run happy. Then mm-hmm. one possession. They want to throw down a football field all of a sudden. Why not have a right. balance? True. See, I want to see, I want to see her spread the ball around more when he passes. it. He always looking for his number one guy. And I understand that, but don't throw it to him when he doubled. If he's doubled, somebody else is open. Right. And uh, I said, oh, no, I hope Miles Sanders ain't had back-to-back fumbles. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. That, and that that's my guy. I put him back in this week because I was desperate. But uh, if he would have fumbled again, his ass would have been on the bench. No more for you to this game. <laughs> so uh, I said the final score was going to be 27 to 10. So come on, New Orleans, mm-hmm. score to get that field goal. And Eagles don't have to score no more. So <laughs> But they can't you know, stop from scoring. Yep, yep. I guarantee you they're going to come. They're going to now. They now they know they can run the football. Guarantee you the next Eagles possession, they're going to throw. They're going to throw for three downs. Right, because our coach is a hard hit. Uh, it took him a, lot, a while. To look how long it took this season. He pretty much threw the season away just trying to force uh Jalen Hurst to pass the ball. Now we was throwing the ball sixty five percent of the time the first like five games or four games. Well, yep. when when Miles Sanders got hurt, it was like sixty five percent passing. You don't do that with a young quarterback and a banged up offensive line. Mm-hmm. True. Well, look like the game is about to start, so we'll be back at the uh, the post game show. We already have a guest uh, coming up, so I'm not going to say the person's name is just in case he don't <laughs> he don't show up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll be back. All right. All right, there you have it. The Eagles won 20, 40 to 29. And straight from New Orleans, we got Mr. Brandon Fred Jones. How you doing? I'm fantastic, man. How you coming? All right. Before we get into stats in the game and everything, um, how are you and your family from uh, Hurricane is it Ida? Hurricane Ida. Okay. How's you and your family doing? Uh, family's uh, fantastic, man. Uh, mainly down here in the New Orleans area, we lost a lot of power. Um, for the first couple of weeks here, um, some roof damage to a lot of their homes. But as you get to the outskirts of the waters, towards the surrounding parishes, where the surrounding parishes received a lot, a lot of damage. Um, but over here in, in, in you know, New Orleans, we made out, again, roof damage, loss of power. We're making out okay, but the surrounding parishes are still recovering. Okay. And what was that in uh, early October? Or was it September? No, it was September. End of August. Okay. Uh, August 29th to be exact. It's, it's actually the same day Hurricane Katrina hit. So they, you know, I'd hit on it on Hurricane Katrina anniversary day. Okay. August, they both have the same day there. August, August 29th. And there's still no power. Some people still don't have power. Some parts of 
Toronto Parishes still don't have power. If you talk about Grand Isle, if you get towards some some parts of the outskirts of um, New Orleans, very few mining spots are still without power. Correct. Okay. Oh man, I can't yeah. imagine. I can't even imagine being a week without power, much less for three months. The whole the entire southeastern part of Louisiana was out of power for these two weeks, minimum. Man. So it's, I'm glad that everything is well for you. Yeah. Well, like I said, the Eagles won 40 to 20 to 29. Uh, some quick stats. Uh, what's your quarterback's name? Trevor Simeon. All right, Simeon. Oh. I, I'm, I'm looking at it as like want to say Simon. Simeon, no. 22 for 40, 214 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Russian Ingram, 16 carries for 88 yards. Receiving, you have T. Smith with five receptions for 64 yards and Troutman, five receptions for 58 yards. On the Eagles side, we got Jalen Hurts, 13 for 24, 147 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. On the Russian side, you have Miles Sanders, 16 carries for 94 yards. Jalen Hurts, 18 carries for 69 yards. And Jordan Howard, 10 carries for 63 yards. He got injured. Uh, I think that was in the third quarter. On the receiving side, we have Goddard, five receptions for 62 yards, and Devontae for six receptions for 61 yards. Now, tell us how you feel about your Saints. <laughs> uh, um, again, I, do a, I do a show each and every Thursday for noon called FanView Live, and trust me, I've, I, I've made a deep expression that we were going to lose this game this upcoming seven against Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just, we've been in a two-game skid. Uh, a lot of a lot of big plays we gave up, a lot of penalties that we was giving up these past couple of weeks. And I had a feeling that we were going to continue this on the road, again, in the Philadelphia. Philadelphia has done a phenomenal job with Jalen Hurts. And your head coach has realized that he's an RPO quarterback. He's not a traditional quarterback. You're not going to sit in the, just sit there in the pocket and have him make throws. You're not going to do boo legs with him. He's an RPO quarterback. And they've made that adjustment with the RPO system with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. So I had a feeling that it was going to give our Saints a lot of trouble on the defensive end. And in the first half, it did. Um, Jalen Hurts was just phenomenal in terms of a lot of some of the plays that he was able to make. And you knew – and I just know my team. I know once the, the team was able to get down, it was going to be hard for us to try to come back and recover. And we've been having this skid with us in the last three weeks where four quarters we try to make our comeback. Four quarters we try to make our stance. Four quarters we are trying to make that – I think the Saints probably had to have the number one four-quarter scoring team in the NFL. I mean, the fourth quarter, the first three quarters, we just don't do nothing. The fourth quarter, we try to come make this a real comeback. And we tried it again today, and it didn't work. Um, <laughs> so I had this I had this thing, being on the road, um, eventually Trevor Simeon, that quarterback, just the production, his ability to eventually catch up to the Saints, and it started to show, started to miss some throws. He had the interception, the pick six right before the half. Um to Darius Schley. And to me, that was just the icing on the cake of the game. The pick six was just, okay, it's done. There's still a second half to play, but it was over. Right, because I was saying in the halftime that uh, I'm like, this quarterback ain't built for a two-minute drill. I'm saying that to myself as they was running a two-minute drill. And there you have it, Darius Schley with a touchdown. Correct. You had that and last week against the Titans. He had two sacks in the two-minute drill. That cost the Saints not getting field goal position. He's just not a two-minute drill quarterback. Right. He's been consistent since he's been starting. Now, granted, it was all praise when we had Tampa Bay 
And he came on in the game and Jamin Winston got hurt. And everybody, hey, you know, we got something here, Trevor. I like Trevor Simmons has been on around the league for the past six or seven years. And he's been on several different teams. If he was the guy, he wouldn't have traveled to this many different teams. Right. And it's starting to show up why that Trevor Simmons has traveled to this many teams. He's a, he's a backup quarterback being forced to start with, with a receiving core that's just non-existent. And you don't have your star running back in, and Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas is out for the season. Eventually, it just catches up to you. The Philadelphia Eagles has established that they'll run first football team, whether it's right. Jalen Hurts, whether it's Miles Sanders, whether it's Jordan Howard before the before the um the injury in the third quarter. They've already established and set a tone that hey, look, they run the ball first and they pick up the they pick up the pass from the RPO system with Jalen Hurts. As long as he let Jalen Hurst can move around the pocket, move, move from the pocket. And that's what they were able to do in the first half. Mm-hmm. And you saw, you know, again, the first half, the first, the first drive, the Saints had an interception. Then it's just you got to give Philadelphia credit for what they were able to do this today. Um, they're starting to figure some Philly is starting to figure a lot of things out about who they are and what their identity is. Mm-hmm. And it's a good thing when your team midway towards Midway towards the second half of the season, when you can identify your identity, Philadelphia has identified an identity, and the Saints are still searching for theirs. And when you're searching for your identity, regardless of your record, you're gonna start coming up short in games. Right, and that's the case today. <laughs> okay, so why why didn't they use Taysom Hill? Phenomenal question. Um, Taysom Hill was on the injury. He was reporting an injury report throughout the week. Um, he was he he had an injury. They activated Taysom Hill to me for I think for emergency reasons. The Saints don't have a backup behind Trevor Simeon, mm-hmm. so if Trevor Simeon would have gotten hurt, then Taysom Hill would have got snaps. But again, Taysom Hill is being used as a swift army knife player. You line him up at tight end. You line him up at wide receiver. You line him up in the backfield. You line him up at quarterback. And again, we're starting to see the fact that guess what. He's starting to suffer the injuries from the hits. He had a concussion uh, early on in the season. Last week, he had got an injury. So you, you got to start minimizing the snaps and the reps, especially if you're not playing them at quarterback, which I think the Saints should consider moving forward. But after that, that's the reason why I think he didn't play, because I think Sean Payton is starting to realize that, you know what, if you're not going to use him at quarterback, you got to start using him in all these other different roles because the injuries are starting to happen. Right. Well, on the Eagles front, I kind of I agree kind of with you about the about the run pass option on on Jalen. And I kind of disagree. Uh, the run pass option. See, in the first half, it, it worked. The second half, it kind of didn't. Right. So, and then the thing about him, as Philip always say with Jalen Hurts, when he wants to pass the football, he always looks at his first option. Majority of the time is the either Devontae Smith or Dallas Goddard. That's the only two people right. he'll really throw it to. And you have to have a t- try to spread the ball around. I, I agree. But to his credit, it's what Jalen R- R- Roger, that's the name, the receiver, the first round pick out of UCLA. Oh, Rieger. Rieger. Is Jalen is he is he that is he that good? I mean, has he shown that he could be a serviceable receiver? I haven't seen it yet. And once you get past those two threats, who the Philadelphia Eagles is throwing the ball to outside of Miles Sanders? Now, so now, to his credit, 
I mean, where are the other targets? Zach Ertz is now an Arizona Cardinal. You know, right. so where is he going to throw the ball to in terms of, yeah, I would, I would agree with Phil. Yeah, he should consider other options, but at some point in time, just like I'm watching my Saints, at some other point in time, there's just nobody to throw the ball to. These, those other receivers past Devontae Smith and Goddard, they don't get their own separation. They got to be schemed open. Well, well, you see earlier, he did throw at the Rieger. Then he stopped throwing right. at the Rieger, and then uh, Quest Watkins was getting the ball. Now Quest Watkins disappeared. Now it's only uh uh now it's only uh Goddard and Devontae. Dante. Right. Yeah. So Philly, that's, Philly, they, Philly has to get to me ever. Right. Yeah. The, the offense, the offense is how do you even explain the offense? It's kind of discombobulated. It's an RPO. It's a it's a college offense. To me, when I was watching that offense, I, I really looked at it and I said to myself. This is exactly what Lincoln Riley was doing with Jalen Hurts when he had him. Mm-hmm. Identical fashion. They just took – instead of trying to make him an NFL quarterback, they took what he can do and they started expounding on what he can do. He's an RPO quarterback. That's now, the only way he's going to be a quarterback in this league. Okay, now do you think that's a bad idea? Yeah, should, because should most RPO coaches are not going to be successful in this league. RPOs are not – RPOs is not an NFL offense. Right. You can have it, you can install it, you can install it, and you can put a certain percentage of it in. But when you make your NFL game strictly a RPO offense, you're going to suffer in this league at the pro level. You will, right? Because, see, the thing about it, like I said, the offense is so discombobulated. Earlier, he was throwing the football down the field, now it's mm-hmm. all this heavy, heavy with this run pass option, like you, like you said. In addition to that, to, 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 to ex- extend that. What happens is with RPO quarterbacks, once you start to keep them in the pocket and you can't and you don't let them roll out, you don't let them move the pocket, that's where they get in trouble. You started watching in the second half, the Saints defensive line started playing more run containment on that D-line. They started instead of trying to get to him, they kept him in the pocket, and you start seeing the Aaron throws. Right. You started seeing them. You started seeing Jalen Hurst trying to run out, scramble out, trying to run out and I've seen several times in the second half where Cam Jordan would just take up a take up an area, or I seen Davenport take up an area and just keep him back in the pocket, and he was trying to scramble, trying to run outside the pocket. That's what RPO quarterbacks do. This is why most of them are not successful at the pro level because they're not accurate. They're only accurate on the move. Right. Okay. So now you know that the Eagles are supposed to get a whole bunch of first round or early first round draft picks uh, at the end of the season. So are you saying should we look for a quarterback? Um, not in this draft. I mean, oh. <laughs> this NFL draft coming up is not gonna be a it's not gonna be a a top heavy quarterback draft like we've seen in the past few years. I mean, we just had this past draft, and guess what, man? We had we had Trevor Lawrence, we had Justin Fields, we had Zach Wilson, you know, just to mention a few, right? Uh mm-hmm. some of the first round picks that were taken. And in the previous draft, you had some other guys that was taken. In the first round, uh, in terms of quarterback, this upcoming class of quarterback is just not it. I mean, it's just not. I mean, last year you had you had just you had Justin Herbert, you had Joe Burrow, Tua Tagovailoa, right? Just to name a couple, right? You won't have three first round. You won't have three quarterbacks going this year's upcoming NFL draft in the first round. You won't. Mm-hmm. You just won't. Like no one's going to convince me that. Sam 
Hoel out of North Carolina is a first round pick. You know, so it's it's, it's not going to be a very good quarterback draft. So if Philadelphia is going to address that position, you're going to have to do it via free agency. Okay. Now, who's the free agent? Excellent question. Um, obviously. Oh, oh well, obviously, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers wanted to get the hell up out of there, but yeah, that, I don't but think that'll not, be happening. No, nah, if he's getting out of there, he's not considered a Philly. He'll retire before he goes to become an Eagle. Right. Not, not, no disrespect to y'all. Um, but, <laughs> but he'll retire. He'll just go ahead and do Jeopardy. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> but, you know, you got to start looking at guys like – um. obviously, Jameis Winston would be a free agent. He'll be available. Um, That's Cam a no. Newton will be available. Cam Newton will be available. What I'm saying is that if you're looking for the franchise quarterback, the franchise quarterback won't be available outside of Aaron Rodgers. Right. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson might be available via trade, but it, no need for Russell Wilson to consider Philadelphia because Seattle's a better situation. Right. Um, you know, that's not a conversation him and his agent are gonna have is saying that you that you trade me here. So Philadelphia, in terms of team, in terms of roster, gotta start focusing on some things such as, you know, who who they're putting there. And the thing is this. Philly is not just a quarterback away from being a contender. They're not like the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns is a quarterback away from becoming a contender. Um, mm-hmm. That's not Philadelphia's situation. You, you need more items. You need more, you know, production in certain areas. Um, a, a linebacker. Second, I took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> I'm about to say, starting off, what linebacker? Mm-hmm. No no profile player there at that position. Um, it, it looks like a bunch of rotational football players at linebacker. There's no guy who could really call a defense. Like, you know how the Saints, we have Demario Davis. The Eagles don't have a Jeremiah Trotter. Right. You know, that guy is not in their linebacking court. They need to get a, what they used to have, what I call the Jeremiah Trotter defense. They got to go get some of that. Brandon Ingram and, uh, and uh, Brandon Graham and Fletcher Koch are two veterans, but I think they're older veterans. Mm-hmm. They got to get a pass rusher. They got to get somebody who can secure their D line um, for the future. Um, so this is some of the things I would also consider. Defensively, um, they got to get those two cornerstones. I think Darius Slade is a very good corner mm-hmm. uh, overall. I like Darius Slade. I like him. You know, he came from the Detroit Lions. I thought he's one of the best corners in the league at the time when he was traded. Um, I think there's some guys that you know that, that gotten better, um, but I think he. I love what he do. I like. I love his tenacity. Um, so, but losing Malcolm Jenkins was big. Yet never found a way to replace that kind of serviceable player. So Philadelphia has a lot of holes, especially on the defensive side of the ball, right. and the offensive side of the ball. Um, I think getting a running back is more easier than them getting a quarterback. Uh-huh. Um, I think Jalen Hurts is serviceable for what you got going on now. But I think that you got to start finding a running back that's going to be more of your down-by-down down back. It's no disrespect to Miles Sanders, but he's not going to become the Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, Kareem Hunt of the world. He's right. not going to become that player. And so as good as he is, to me, he's like a – He's like an in-between between Tony Pollock and Zeke in terms of ability, right? Mm-hmm. He's better than Tony Pollock, but he ain't Zeke. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, 
So at some point in time, he needs a compliment. And he needs a guy who could really, you know, do something in the backfield. And it ain't like Alabama got a running back coming out this year. So they kind of find a guy, right? Right. They got to go out there and really consider, you know, who's the size of running? Can you go? Can, I think getting a Kareem Hunt is more easier than trying to get a, a quarterback, if that makes sense. Right. Getting another running back back there to kind of offset. Again, I don't have a problem with it doing with Jalen Hurts because it's the same thing that they really do with Lamar Jackson. In it's the same thing that they did with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, and it's nothing really different that they did with Colin Kaepernick when he was the quarterback of the 49. They run an RPO. Mm-hmm. Colin Kaepernick was not this accurate quarterback. Actually, he threw a bunch of darts, and actually, when you kept him in the pocket, he was pretty inaccurate. Yes. But he was really inaccurate. But it was his ability to move, his ability to change the pocket. It was, a, it was an RPO. You know, but, but, but what they had was a good tight end in Vernon Davis, and they had a Hall of Famer in Frank Gore. That's what you need if you're going to run an RPO. If, for RPO to be very successful, even when Michael Vick was running the RPO in Atlanta, he had Warwick Duck, he had T.J. Duckett. You mm. need that. Right. This is why Baltimore starting to come in, starting to fall a little bit because K.J. Dobbs, uh, Dobson is hurt, and they had another speedster back there. They had somebody who could stretch it a little more with them. It, it's a hard thing to defend if you're running an RPO with a guy who can run the football. Right. And that's what Philly – I think Philly needs more of a running back for what they're doing than change of quarterback. Mm-hmm. So uh, next week, November the 28th, the Eagles play the Giants. And like Phillip said, that uh, these are the games that the Eagles should be winning. So – Tough. That's a yeah. tough one because it's, it's a division rival. Yeah, but you got to throw, you got to, you got to throw, you got to throw division rivals out of the window because everybody in the division is drafting to defeat the division. Right. You know, it's like it's it's. I can say right now as a Saints fan, when we had Jameis, man, we're gonna beat the Falcons. We're gonna be no, we're not because the division when you're drafting, you're drafting to beat your division. You're not drafting mm-hmm. to beat the entire league. So the Giants have drafted to compete against the Washington football team, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. So it doesn't matter when they go on the road and play other teams outside of the division and, and they stink up the joint, because they're not going to stink up the joint when they play y'all. Right. <laughs> they're so, just not. So, so y'all have a, a turkey game playing against oh, Buffalo. And they But yeah, but they only did that. They only scheduled this so they can show Josh Allen off on national television. Yeah, he gonna he gonna look amazing against my defense. <laughs> yeah. He's gonna look yeah. amazing. <laughs> He's gonna look amazing. And it's not and it's not it's not gonna be the same defensive fault. I think the Saints have one of the top five defenses in the league. Our offense is just so horrendous. We gotta be at the bottom of the league in terms of passing offense. I think we're in the top bottom five of passing offense around the league. And when you get that far back, it's only a matter of time for your defense to start giving up big plays. And so on Turkey Day, regards to what the Buffalo defense giving up five rush touchdown today against Jonathan Taylor, hey, don't worry about that. They're going to stop the Saints coming next week. And I trust me, I'm going to be very, very upset eating my turkey, eating my ham, and eating my gumbo. But <laughs> my Saints are going to come up short again next week against on Turkey Day. I just want to see us beating the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, damn. Uh, I just looked at his stats too. Thirty-two rushes for one hundred eighty-five yards, 
Yeah, five rushing touchdowns. But four T. Four, four, no, well, I got four on the score. So four. is it? Yeah, four. I don't know. Sometimes the score be be uh they're not really up is and it, up on stats. So it could be five. Yeah, it, it, it could. It's out of. It's out of. He has four, and or they have five on the day. I know they have five on the day. Whether Taylor got all five, I don't know. But I know for sure they have five rushing touchdowns. The the, the, the Indianapolis coach does. Oh, here you go. And, he got a uh, one receiving touchdown. Okay, and oh, four he had rushing touchdowns. Okay. Right. So okay. it's five. So, so damn, yeah. So that's the whole damn offense was going through him all day. Carson hey, Wentz man. only had 106 yards passing. Carson Wentz is, you know, Carson Wentz is taking a step back. Obviously, you guys studied Carson Wentz enough, probably a whole lot more than I have, because obviously he was the Philadelphia Eagle for I think that what the first four years of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, but Carson Wentz has taken a step back as a as not being a what I would call a franchise quarterback, Gene picks, you know second overall, right behind Jared Goff. But he's taking a step back and becoming just a starter. He's in the same realm with Tannehill, uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, Derek Carr, that caliber of quarterback. He's not in the the Josh Allen, the the, – what's the face? Uh, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. He, he's not a franchise quarterback. You cannot build an organization around Carson Wentz. Right. That's what the Indianapolis coach re- realized. With, it, with you know, obviously they stole y'all coordinator in Frank Wright, mm-hmm. and when he became the head coach, you know, he, he's familiar with Carson. But he t- you know, he just look. We're gonna run the ball here. We're gonna get the throws here, and you realize the, the Indianapolis coach has done a phenomenal job. You ever realize that they, they, they don't do they don't they don't get free agents? They just right. draft. Yeah, they trade. They traded for Carson Wentz. They traded for DeForest Buckner. But from that point on, you don't see them getting big-time free agents. They drafted Michael Pittman. They drafted um, the, the receiver quarter. It's not studded. It's not star-heavy. But they're just consistent. Okay, this is who we are. This is what we're going to do. And they're not making Carson Wentz a franchise quarter. They're not trying to make Carson Wentz, Andrew Luck, or Peyton Manning. They're trying to say, listen, you can help us win games. Right. And this is how we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not they're not been trying to make Carson Wentz throw the ball 40 and 50 times and Carson Wentz is on display no no no, no. we don't have that guy right <laughs> so, so alright Mr. Jones tell us about your uh, show FanView Live FanView Live has been a podcast um, show that's been going on for, for several years now um, again if you are on Facebook it's FanView Live if you on on YouTube FanView Live if you on Twitter it's FanView Nola it's me my man G Sports, who's in, one of the biggest guys in um, sports media here in the in, in basically the Dark State, Louisiana. Another co-host of mine, who's one of the um, defensive coaches for one of the biggest time high schools here in the state of Louisiana, called him Coach Hurricane Him. Mm-hmm. And I'm very analytical, so I'm I'm, I'm big into stats. And so we <laughs> have this podcast. I'm, I'm analytical junkie. So we have this podcast each and every day. We talk sports, and we're just speaking from a fan's position. Um, again, G Sports speaks about it from a media side. Coach Hen speaks about it from a coach side. I speak about it from an analytical side. And we have these, these intense disagreements, I had to call them, <laughs> <laughs> about uh, certain games where all diehard Saints fans, and we all have this complete difference of opinion of why we won and why we lost. And we have disagreements uh, all the time about different things going on around the world of sports, whether it's football, basketball, boxing, you name it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have guest hosts on the show each and every week. We seem to find a way to have a 
uh, either a head coach for a high for a college basketball program or head coach for uh, a college program, or, or we find local kids who are five star and four star recruits in the state of Louisiana, and we do a big heck of a job of recruiting and promoting kids that's in the state. You know, and that was we've we've had uh, former NFL players, the guys who are current NFL players on our on our podcast when they trust me when they was in high school, guys like Terrence Marshall Jr who's a receiver for the Carolina Panthers, had him on our shoulders in high school. A guy like Amiga Robinson, who's on our show, who's a uh, cornerback now um, for the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, that's just to name a couple of people. I mean, one of the guys who's being recruited to be the next head coach of LSU done our podcast last year, the uh, head coach Billy Napier mm-hmm. um, of Louisiana Lafayette. So w- we've interviewed so many different people um, on our show, and that's what have grown our show each and every week talking to, you know, high school coaches, uh, college coaches, um, and watching these people just from when they were in high school now taking bigger jobs or going from the high school ranks as a player to, to college and to now being professional football and basketball players. It's been an amazing journey. Right. So, again, I tell everybody, tune in to FanView Live, um, Red Fan Star Sports. The show starts every Thursday for noon. We have to move it to noon. Previous in the past, we just do it at 6 p.m. But we do it for noon throughout the weekday and the people you know sometimes people are working so they can't tune in at noon but they'll go watch the show on facebook later on that day or go watch the, the show on youtube and they just be like man y'all just so intense because we always we always disagree <laughs> yeah so you with the analytics that you're like the philip of the show because philip is always good with his stats yeah we just disagree last me me and my man g sports was on the show and we were literally disagree, disagreeing between Cam, I mean, uh, basketball between who's the MVP and, and we're disagreeing between Steph and he thought it was KD. And he gave me his point on, you know, why KD is this and why he's, I'm like, it's Steph. Like, stop. Here's some stats. Bye, 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 bye. You know, like, <laughs> like, you're talking about a great play. I'm talking about greatness. There's nothing KD is doing that's greatness. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, you get other people to watch, you know, it's like whatever he's been doing, People know what he's gonna do, but people ain't tuning in to watch. Everyone's watching stuff, you know. So it's 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 bringing up the stats, and I'm always focusing on the stats, not just the stats of the players, but why the stats generate the amount of impact in terms of viewership and everything. I'm I'm so tuned into that kind of stuff to get people to realize the game of sports from not just from an analytic, but from a business. Like one of my coaches who talked about on the show. He's very in tune to the X's and O's and from a coaching way about the sport. Again, I'm like, yeah, but this is a business too. <laughs> so right. So uh me and me and Phil had beef on Friday because um Thursday, uh Bryce Harper was was voted MVP of the National League yeah. MVP. That's so MVP. Okay, so he he he's joined by Babe Ruth, Barry Bonds, and Sam Musial as the only outfielders in baseball history to have 100 runs, 100 walks, 40 doubles, and 35 home runs in the season. So he didn't break a record, but he was one of four players to have this record. Correct. So so why, so why? he disagrees with him being MVP because uh, his last 10 games, he kind of, well, you know, they were kind of like in the playoff uh, uh, hunt, those last 10 games, right. and then they lost. He, I think his average was like 250 those last 10 games. So Philip don't believe that he should have been an MVP. He thinks that Tatis Tatis has better stats 
But Bryce Harper actually, well, he didn't, like I said, he didn't break a record, but he was one of four players who don't have this record. So Tatis only had, um, let me see, I, he only have two first place votes compared to 17 for Harper. So Harper was a clear cut MVP. Yeah, I, I think Harper should have won the award. Matter of fact, when it, when, it, when it was announced, I was just like, to me, it was a given. Right. When Bryce Harper won the MVP, I was like, well, that's a given. And we were, I had people tell me, like, well, why do you think Bryce Harper? I'm like, it's a given. Like, you've seen what he done? Exactly. You know, you've seen what he was doing? It, it's, you, can't, you can't count. You got to count the body of work. You can't just count what happened toward the end. Right. You got to count everything. Right. See, you, you gotta count the you gotta count the the, the, the stats and, and what happened throughout throughout it all. Mm-hmm. He was the clear cut MVP nationally. He was clear yep. cut. Yep. He had the best season <laughs> in the NL. He he just did. Whether the whether the Phillies made the postseason or not is not the point. Exactly. No one was playing better than him. Right. Because he, he says Tatis, uh, well, of course, you know, Tatis had the more better stats than he did. And he said he has a, a harder position. <laughs> but he didn't break records in his position. He didn't break records. He didn't right. break a record. He didn't right. join nobody else. He exactly. didn't do anything. It's hey. like when Marshall Falk won MVP of the league. He joined Roger Craig at the only receiver, you know, to have a 1,000 yards rushing, 1,000 yards receiving. Like, right. listen. <laughs> <laughs> you have to take the body of work. You have to take the impact. Yeah, he has better stats, but yet, did he actually have a better season? No. Exactly. No, no, no. No, he did not. He did not. And so, you know, again, and I'm happy that the, again, I'm happy that the Major League Baseball has awarded somebody for their efforts uh, regards to them making the um regards to them that team making the playoffs or not. Because it, it rewards players for what they've done. Um, and so sometimes, you know, you, you see a lot of awards and it's based upon how the team performs, you know, that's the only reason why. And again, I, I think if certain guys have certain stats, wins should support, wins should also support the production. Like right. there's no need to marry somebody who like, no offense, like a Russell Westbrook in the NBA, who can go out here and have a triple double, the team loses. Right. No need to reward that stuff. It's like. You got triple double, yeah, but they, they're continuously losing. They right, tone it down a little bit, and and he played a little more defense and get more people involved and stop stop, stop taking a bad shot at all times. And maybe they'll win the game, and he won't have a triple double. You ever notice that? <laughs> right. <laughs> time he, you ever notice when the time when he don't have a triple double, they win games? Yeah, I think he oh. should do triple doubles no more. Right, just cut it out. Uh, so speaking speaking of that, what you think the Lakers going to do this season? Oh, they're not gonna go nowhere. Yeah, they're not beating. They're not beating the Phoenix Suns. They're not beating. Um, you know they're not beating Golden State. They don't think. They don't think shot in hell. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they're not going nowhere. Um, well, they're not gonna. Well, 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 in two thousand twenty-one, why do people think that? Uh, well, if I can get all these players, all these good players, that these teams are going to start automatically winning. It is football. more to it than that. First of all, you got all these retirees. All these guys are 35, 36, 37. All of them. All of them. It's a bunch of retirees. I'm, I'm going to be days full with you. I'm going I'm to say this right here on y'all show. I don't want to see Carmella Anthony. Uh, uh, what's, what else is it? Dwight Howard. Uh, DeAndre Jordan. Trevor Ariza. Avery Bradley. 
play another season of basketball. <laughs> it's over. It, Ray John, Ray John Rondo too. It's over. Like it's over. Like it's really, really over. Mm-hmm. It's over. Like it's. I don't think a team should offer them another contract. It's over. <laughs> it's over. Like you got guys that belong at home. Like it's 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 over. So you're trying to convince me that you Carmelo Anthony if Carmelo Anthony I give you 30 minutes and that you could be an NBA Finals proponent. LeBron James is no longer you know Superman when it comes to not having injuries. He, you know he's 36, right? Mm-hmm. And AD can never give you an 82 game season. At no. some point in time, he has an injury. Yeah, you're gonna go out here and ask Russell Westbrook to possibly be the second best player on any team. Mm-hmm. Oh no, 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 no. Yep. Hey, the Lakers are not going nowhere with all these retirees playing, starting getting significant minutes. They're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no such thing as they're gonna turn it on come March and April, come play. Up. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. So did y'all give up on your boy Zion yet? No, I mean you. It's it's you can't give up on a guy. Um, the thing with the thing with the Pelicans, you got to come to the conclusion that here's the thing: they, as an organization, has realized they built around Zion Williamson. This is why they're not productive. When he's not playing, they're losing game. The yep. team is built around Zion. Uh, he has an injury, and they need to keep him out of um. They need to keep him out out of um, Cafe Dumont. Um, they need to keep him out of all the, you know, <laughs> more rolls, dry gold. Look, keep the seafood away from him, brother. Right. Get, get, get the man a personal chef. Yeah, I mean, down here, in the, get down here in the waters, brother. You can gain twenty pounds just by just by smelling seafood. Okay, listen. <laughs> get the guy a personal chef. Yeah, make sure he keep his make sure he keep his weight under control. That's um, all their that's all their fault. I can't even blame man. Zion. That's all their fault because nah, get all that shit under control. Yeah, man, get a guy approach your chef, man. This, this, is, this, is, this is a multi-million dollar organization. So you mean to tell me, like you said, you can't hire a chef or nutritionist? Period. Right. Period. Until he gets to season six or season seven when he knows what he needs to do by the wise and be a pro. First five season, brother. Brother, we're going to cook the eggs for you, brother. We're not going to let you go over here and go to Waffle House, brother. Can't do it. Exactly. You're not going to Betsy Pet Cake, brother. They, they put salt and pepper and all kinds of stuff. They put... Tony's in there. No, brother, you're gonna gain weight. Yep. Not happy. Um, so here down here, man, you you gain 20 pounds in a second. Just <laughs> just smelling food. Can't do it. So as a team, um, he but Zion does have an injury. It's not just weight. Um, he did he had a foot injury, and you know, getting him back into condition and so on, what have you. Um, I think overall the Pelicans, you know, I, I'm I was a fan of David Griffin as a general manager coming in here, changing the culture, changing on the locker room. He did the best he could do with the Anthony Davis situation. He got the best amount of assets possible. But for, since that point, he's dropped the ball. Um, he fired Elva Gentry, which I don't think it was a bad move, but the Stan Van Gundy hire was the bad move. Yes. Um, I think he got it right with Willie Green, but now he got to do a lot of convincing. You know, you couldn't resign Zion. You couldn't resign on um, um, Lamelo Ball. Uh, Worn it out. 
Lonzo. Lonzo. Lonzo wanted out. They got Lonzo got out, went to Chicago, having a heck of a season, by the way. Yes. Um, so he's dropped the ball since the eight. Everyone gave him credit for getting the most you can get for AD, right? But since that point, when you drafted Zion, it's been it's kind of been backwards. Obviously, Brandon Ingram became the most improved player here. Then he's becoming an all-star caliber player. That's true. Uh, but Josh Hart is still just a serviceable player. Um, you're drafting Nikhil, um, Walker, Alexander. Um, and he's been a serviceable player. You're drafting him with Zion. Jackson Hayes gets no minutes. You're drafting him 10th overall with the Zion draft. Um, why, why is he not getting no minutes now? That's a phenomenal question. I don't know why he's not getting minutes. Yeah, because, I see, I watched a lot of Pelham's basketball last season because I like uh, Lonzo Ball. And uh, Jackson Hayes was, was – I was like, well, just Jackson Hayes look all right. Yeah. I, I, I think that, you know, they just – I think they're just watching development. And I thought Jackson Hayes was going to become a Tyson Chandler-like player. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's just not happened. So, you're starting to watch the draft picks. Yeah, I would say that I do like the fact that they signed um, – Dante Graham uh, for as a replacement for um, Lonzo Ball because Lonzo got paid. Lonzo got, you know, four years, 85 million, and they kind of found a guy they could get for half that money. Every Bledsoe didn't work out. You end up having to trade Drew Holiday. Um, you got Reddick in here, and then you have to end up trading J.J. Reddick. So what I'm saying is it's been a downhill spiral since – Getting Zion, um, they've done not much of anything to put the best group on the court. And then you, again, this is their third head coach in three seasons. Now you gotta understand, Avery, uh, average Alvin Gentry, who's now been promoted to head coach in the Sacramento Kings, because Luke Walton's been fired. Mm-hmm. Um, Stan Van Gundy, now Willie Green. So. You got three head coaches in three years. It's turmoil. And I think Willie Green is doing the, a heck of a job with the team. I, even though the team has the worst record to me in the NBA, um, he's done a heck of a coaching job. But at some point in time, for coaches to blossom, they got to coach the best talent. I get that you're getting the best talent out of what's there. You're getting guys like Trey Murphy to understand and buy into the system, you know, do certain things. They're getting certain guys to buy in. And, and understanding what their ability is and play with confidence. Um, I love all those things. But at some point in time, if you want Willie Green to be a best, the best Willie Green could be, Willie Green got to start coaching uh, players that he's going to need two all-stars. And I think it is going to be Ingram. I think it's going to be Zion. But at some point in time, he got to be able to coach the best team that he can get to the promised land. Kind of like when Monty Williams took the head coaching job of Phoenix. Yeah, you had Devin Booker and you had um, DeAndre Aiden. But getting Chris Paul is critical. Getting Chris Paul was critical for making that finals run, getting to that getting to that level. Right. That's what they're going to have to do with the, with the Pelicans. Um, right now, it's a sinking ship. You don't know who is coming out of college next year. Um, obviously, um, Duke um point Duke um forward um Pablo um Ben Carroll is, is regarded the nation's number one possibly the first overall pick um 
And I don't think what happened between him and um Shusevsky grandson is going to make any deal. One, you know, that's going to be water into the bridge in the next week or so. Um, but the Pelicans are looking like a team that, to me, they're missing a they're missing a they're missing a guard. And I I don't necessarily mean a point guard. They're missing a well, I would say like a like a Brandon Roy like player, right? They're missing that guard. They're missing that pure six foot seven score. I think they've been substituting this position too long with, you know, you know, they'll go out here and put Graham on the court and they put um Nikhil you know, Walk Alexander out there. And you'd be like, listen, some point in time you need a true number two. And I ain't talking about a defensive number two. I'm talking about a guy who can play both ends of the floor and he's six foot seven. Like they got to go find the Anthony Edwards out there. They got to go find a kid like that. Right. And so that way they can still play if Zion has any – if he can't keep his weight under some sort of control, they can still be a productive team. So they got to go find that caliber kind of player. And until they find it, I don't think the Pelicans are going to be able to get anywhere. Again, they need a Devin Booker. They, 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 they're, they're going to need that caliber player, somebody who can – and it's not a disrespect to Ingram. I think Ingram can do that. But to me, Ingram is not an athletic player. Mm-hmm. You know, he's six foot ten. The word is not a poor man's KD, but he, he's not athletic. Um, he can do all the things that you're asking him to do, but at some point in time, the limitation is just athletic ability. And he's not a really great defender. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he's on the court, if he's not scoring, the most he can do is rebound because there's really nothing on the defensive end that he really does. Um, so they need a two-way guard who can score, but they also could defend. But he needs to be an athletic guy. I think mean, he needs to be like a six foot seven, six foot. They need a Devin Booker. They need an Anthony Edwards or a Clay Thompson like player. Um, on that team. And I think if Zion is healthy and they had that along with Ingram, to me, they got all the components to be a dangerous team in the Western Conference. At that point in time, it just comes up, it comes down to what the bench looked like. What kind of bench production are you getting now? But again, they're, they're not a bad basketball team. Um, but right now, they, you know, they're young as a team. And what, they're, what, they're, what young teams do, more importantly, than anything, they don't play really good defense and they blow leads. They'll get a lead and they'll blow it. Mm-hmm. And so you've watched that a few times. Um, I think I watched them last week and that was up on, I forgot what team that was up on. Um, I think that was up on Philly. Was it Philly that was playing? I think that was up on Philly. They just came back and they said, I had to blow a lead. I was like, listen, listen. <laughs> <laughs> listen. <laughs> What is going on here? And, and, and it's, at some point in time, the Pelicans are just a team this year that teams are just po- – playoff teams are just supposed to beat. Uh, they just – they just – they're playing – them and the Sacramento Kings are just, to me, they don't have an identity. I mean, yeah, the Kings got Darren Fox, but after that, Malvin, you know, Marvin Bagley has not panned out. They're still trying to figure out a home for him. They don't even know if they want to keep – uh, a buddy, 
So teams like that, man, you know, you just got to accept the fact that they're going to just, you know, they're going to lose a lot of games. And um, teams going to pretty much the, the easy victory for them, mm-hmm. you know. So Pelicans going to lose a lot of games this year. But I think Willie Green is doing a heck of a job getting – I would say this right now. If they was losing right now and they had all-star players on this team, Willie Green would have lost the locker room. But because it's young guys, he's able to coach. Right. That makes sense. Yes. Because it, because it's young guys, and young guys got to try to find their way around the league. And I think some of the guys that's on the Pelicans team now are going to, because of being coached by Willie Green right now, they're going to have a career. They, they're not going to they're not going to stay in the wall. These young guys that I see them down watching the play, I'm like, they're not going to finish their careers here. They're going to kind of be a journeyman around the league, but they're going to be they're going to be able to know their role and know how to play. Right. Because of guys being coached being coached by Willie Green, so. I'm looking forward to it from them. But overall, I don't have out here winning a bunch of games. Not right. this season. Right. So, all right, Mr. Brandon Fred Jones, uh, give us your social media. Uh, my social media, y'all can follow me on Twitter at bfredjones. You can follow me on IG at bfredjones. Um, but if you're on Twitter, man, like I said, follow us on FanView. Um, NOLA, if you're on Twitter, it's FanView Live on IG. It's FanView Live on Facebook. It is FanView Live on YouTube. Definitely hit the like button. Subscribe to those pages, man. We I deeply, deeply appreciate it. And appreciate you from having me on again. And trust me, I wanted to talk a lot of BS today. I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to shout. I wanted to show y'all. I wanted to drop my stuff. But today is not that day. The Philadelphia Eagles are victorious. And I feel like I feel bad. <laughs> and yes, I can confirm that Mr. Brandon Fred Jones bought his two trigger mans and a brown beat. And he also had <laughs> DJ Jubilee uh, with him also. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We, we all suffering down here, you know. Don't 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 forget my chop style, baby. Oh yeah, style, baby. Uh, you know what? When I was send you, when I sent you that uh <laughs> that big tires video, and I said, yeah. Oh shit, I forgot all about chopper style. <laughs> don't need my chopper style, baby. Believe I talked about it. <laughs> well, all right, everybody. You can reach us at Facebook or Twitter at PL Judgmental, Instagram at the two underscores judgmental. You can email us at PL Judgmental at gmail.com. And we also have a TikTok too at PL Judgmental. I appreciate your time, uh, Mr. Brandon Fred Jones. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. No problem. All right, y'all. All right, thank y'all. you. All right. All right.